you know, someone's listening and they think, wow, these are awesome bike rides, but I'm not bringing a bike to Washington, D.C. I'm flying in. Where, where are they going to get a bike? So what you have to do is you have to bring bolt cutters because people <laughs> – no, you're not – please don't steal anyone's bike. Welcome to the Trip Hacks DC podcast. Discover the best tips, tricks, and travel hacks for your visit to the nation's capital. And now, here's Rob and this episode's special guest. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode eight of the Trip Hacks DC podcast. If you want to check out other podcast episodes or see the show notes from this episode, you can do that over at triphacksdc.com slash podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Trip Hacks DC Tours. The spring tour season is in full swing, and the summer tour season is coming up fast. So check out our tours, including the popular Monumental Trivia Tour. Part Monuments Tour, part Trivia Game. You can learn more over at triphacksdc.com slash tours. Today, I am joined by Brian McEntee, and we are going to be talking about exploring Washington, D.C. on two wheels. Brian is a bicyclist and social media bike influencer who is locally known for tweeting about the latest bike happenings from his handle at DC. He is also a humor columnist who has written the weekly Gear Prudence bike advice column in the Washington City paper since 2014. So, Brian, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I feel like we're setting this up a bit of a high bar, introducing you as a humor columnist here. I think if you've read anything that I've written, you will find it hilarious. Well, I'm a bike, <laughs> I'm a bike person. You're a bike person. I read the column. I think it's pretty funny. Uh, and I do recommend other people check it out. We'll leave a link to it down in the show notes for people who are interested in uh, reading some of your writings. But to get right into the topic, I think uh, what people want to know uh, from you is why is it worth riding a bike when they come to Washington, D.C.? So that's a that's a really good question. I think um, one of the things that D.C. really lends itself to um, is that it has a lot of wide open spaces that are just slightly too far apart for walking. Uh, if you've ever spent any time on the National Mall, it looks really pretty. The monuments are beautiful, but to walk from the Lincoln Memorial to the Capitol is just a little bit too far. Uh, and the public transportation is, you know, adequate. But I think when people are on vacation, when they're visiting, they want, might want to do something a little bit more. They want, might want to hit, hit up some museums in the interim. You know, there's a lot of different ways to get around where I think the bike is kind of the perfect fun vacation vehicle uh, that's a little bit more, you know, exciting than a bus and, and less um, onerous than trying to park your car uh, to go a mile and a half. I think that's absolutely right. I recommend when people visit, they don't do the rental car at the airport thing. We have so many ways of getting around the city. And just to put a number to your example there, it takes approximately 40 minutes for the average person to walk from the Lincoln Memorial to the Capitol. So it's not impossible, but it's not like you're going to you know, be standing on the top step of Lincoln and then in five minutes be over you know, touring the Library of Congress or the Capitol Dome or, or anything like that. Yeah, it's not like a movie. It's not like one of those uh, cutscenes where they where they go down the uh, Georgetown Metro and uh, end up at uh, Pentagon City. Yeah, I think uh, you know if you if you're a movie fan, you might know exactly what movie Brian is talking about there. Um, but I, I guess I should be careful because my tours are walking tours, and uh, they are on the National Mall. Um, in, Sorry, Rob, we're putting you out of business. In, in three hours, we see uh, you know all the major monuments. But the reason why I don't do a tour that also includes the Capitol, that also includes the White House, is because to do all of that stuff on foot would take five hours, and to do it on a bike, you could do it in half that amount of time. And to be completely transparent, I started off as a tour guide doing bike tours, so I totally get it. I totally appreciate why it's something that 
you would want to do. Yeah, I mean, people, um, especially the people who are sort of bike inclined, who um, you know, th- who think nothing of sort of riding a few miles, um, who feel comfortable, um, you know, riding in the city and comfortable kind of going on their own. Um, I think they'll find that bi- bicycling, um, especially sort of in the in the mall area where most tourists tend to congregate, is really going to be the best way to get around and cover a lot of ground quickly. So we had previously talked about some of the best bike rides in D.C. And the first and most obvious one on the list is the National Mall. So can you tell folks, you know, who want to do a bike ride on the National Mall, like what are some of the good places to go? What are the good stops? What general tips would you have about biking around on that area? Yeah, I mean, so the, so the mall really, um, you know, has, has a lot of things going for it um, in terms of varied destinations, right? You've got your sort of scenic, you know, take a picture holding up the Washington Monument um, view. You've got your weight in the title basin, I, I don't know, whatever you do, uh, the reflecting pool by the Lincoln Memorial, um, you know, sort, sort of thing, those, those sort of those big iconic reasons why people visit Washington, D.C. in the first place. But additionally, you have all the Smithsonian museums there. Um, so the Air and Space Museum, the Natural History Museum, the American History Museum, the African American History Museum, the National Gallery of Art, you know, so all of those sort of larger, um, you know, in, institutions where you might want to spend some time inside since they're all next to each other but not right on top of each other the bike is really going to be the best way to kind of get you from one to the other because realistically you're probably going to have to pick and choose between one or the other unless you're spending a lot of time in the city uh you know the the mall is really um you know lends itself to biking there are um it's surrounded by two sort of major streets called constitution avenue and independence avenue but there are interior streets as well where the traffic is a little bit slower there's also a lot of pathways through the mall um so if you're a little bit hesitant about riding in um you know riding alongside drivers um it's a it can be a sort of a low stress um you know way to see the sights and cover a lot of ground uh on sort of some some protected uh, infrastructure for just bikes and pedestrians. And in addition to all of those uh, great reasons to bike on the mall, it's flat. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Really important to a lot of folks. I know when I uh, led bike tours, people would often comment, uh, it's great how flat the city of Washington, D.C. is, which is funny because it's actually not true. We actually have quite a, a hilly city, which I know you used to ride your bike to work up a giant hill. Yeah, if you find yourself going uphill, um, just turn around and go back downhill. Um, stick to the flat areas. I yeah. Think it much more enjoyable but the national mall because um you know of the way the city is built that is the point of lowest elevation in the entire city and it's completely flat so the only exception to that of course is if you want to go up capitol hill and if you watch the evening news and you have ever wondered why do they call this capitol hill you will quickly discover when you're on a bike why it gets that name you will feel it um one other area that you might want to consider if you're riding near the national mall is on pennsylvania avenue itself uh, pennsylvania avenue is sort of the grand boulevard america's main street they call it um with such sites as the FBI headquarters and the National Archives. Uh, one end is the White House, one end is the Capitol. And one of the really amazing things about Pennsylvania Avenue is that it has a protected bike lane right down the middle of the street. Um, so you can ride pretty much from the base of Capitol Hill almost all the way to the White House in a protected lane. Um, it's a great place to uh, stop your bike and take pictures of you know all of the sites. Uh, and again, you don't have to worry about kind of mixing it up with, 
with drivers and buses and all of the other things that, that you might be worried about. Um, so definitely check that out if you're kind of in the vicinity of the mall. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a really great experience. And for folks who might not have bike lanes back uh, in their hometown, can you explain what a protected bike lane is and how that's different from a regular bike lane? So when most people think about bike lanes, they kind of think of like a shoulder on the side of the road, right? It's a, it's a white paint, it will be, you know, a stripe of white paint and, uh, you know, a bike, picture of a bike and basically, you know, someone asking you say, good luck, you know, there's, there's really not a lot there to protect you from drivers. One of the cool things about the Pennsylvania Avenue bike lane and that it's protected is that there is actual some physical barriers uh, between you and, uh, and the cars. Um, so that way you don't have to worry about somebody swerving over to get you or you don't have to worry about, um, you know, feeling like you are um, vulnerable. So if you're coming to town and maybe you're interested in biking, but you haven't done it in a while, or maybe you're coming with um, some family members or some kids, um, you, you know, they, where you really wouldn't feel super comfortable with them being, you know, completely exposed to traffic, a protected bike lane is, is really a big advantage. And it's one of the nice features of Pennsylvania Avenue. I, I agree. And uh, my tip on Pennsylvania Avenue is, you know, ride it both ways. But if you're only going to ride it one way, going in the direction towards the Capitol, you get the view of the dome the entire time, which is uh, just an iconic view that you'll remember that because, you know, you can't do that anywhere else in the world. Yeah. And it's a great, I mean, it, it might, it might annoy some of your fellow bicyclists, but it's a great place to sort of stop and get that family picture um, in front of the, in front of the Capitol Dome. You could even have your bikes in the picture too, to sort of show everyone that yes, in fact, you did bike there. Yeah. And just in case any of our fellow local bike commuters are listening, that is technically not allowed. Um, Be kind to them. So okay, yeah. Visiting. Peace. People are people are going to and from work and uh, don't always have time to uh, stop and slow down like you would when you're on vacation. They might give you an affectionate Washington hello, um, which in other parts of the country might be four-letter words, but that's okay. So uh, another uh, spot near the National Mall that I really like, and I think you might have just done a, a ride in yeah. this area, mm-hmm. is uh, called East Potomac Park, but colloquially we call it Haynes Point because that is a very specific part of the park. Can you tell us a little bit about that area? Yeah, so, so East Potomac Park and Haynes Point is actually um, like a island slash peninsula that was um, built out into the um, into the Potomac River and Washington Channel um, that is, again, another flat, long uh, recreational area that has a golf course and a swimming pool um, and, a few, and uh, it's a really popular destination for bicycle and runners uh, and a great place uh, to see the cherry blossoms as well if you're in town uh, around then. Um, it's flat. It's about a two and a half, three mile loop uh, where you can loop around. Haynes Point is the end of the uh, of the like peninsula. That's it's literally the, the point. Haynes Point. Um, so that's another really great place where you can go if you want to maybe stretch your legs a little bit more or if you kind of want to get a view of the wharf development which is a new area um, in town with a lot of stuff going on down by the water if you just like spending time sort of in a more natural setting um haynes point is a great place to go especially if you find yourself down by the by the jefferson memorial without a doubt cherry blossom season that is where i always go for a ride Yeah, just be careful it's at you know like anywhere else um you know, especially around cherry blossom season, um, you know, biking around tour buses and biking around maybe a lot of other distracted people who are super excited about seeing the blossoms, um, you know, can, uh, you know, can be a cause for concern. Uh, but typically speaking, if you have the choice between waiting for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to drive your car in a circle or hopping on a bike and riding a quick three flat miles to see the blossoms, take the bike every single time. I always feel kind of bad for the 
kids in the minivan and they're uh, sticking their cameras out the window mm-hmm. trying to get a photo. Yeah, of the block classes. their pictures. They don't deserve it. You, yeah, you, you get the good pictures because you came by a bike. I mean, e- even if you don't stop and take any pictures, just uh, being there surrounded by the cherry trees is really something that is a. Uh, a bucket list kind of experience. Yeah, there's also a mini golf course on Haynes Point. I don't know if you if you knew that, um, but it's uh, it's you could bike to mini golf. I guess not a lot of mini golf in DC. No, not a lot at all. That is one of the. I think that's the only mini golf that I'm aware of. It's a national. It's a national historic register mini golf site. Yeah, I actually learned about it from uh, the book Atlas Obscura. Highly recommend. Uh, I have not golfed there at the mini golf. I have so. golfed there, um, but I'd rather not tell you my score. Okay. Well, maybe we'll go together sometime and we can compete. So I want to ask about a, a bike ride that Eric Fiddler mentioned in episode three of the podcast. Uh, we talked. A about Rock Creek Park in that episode, and he mentioned that on weekends, uh, the street that runs through the park called Beach Drive is closed to cars and a very popular bike ride. Yeah, so Rock Creek Park sort of divides the the city of of Washington in two, and it runs pretty much from the National Mall all the way up to the border with Maryland. Uh, And Monday through Friday, it's used as, um, you know, kind of a commuter highway to get people in and out of the city, but on weekends, um, they close Rock Creek Park to cars. So if you find yourself here on the weekend and if you're looking to do maybe a little bit more um, you know, vigorous of a ride or looking to sort of, um, you know, spend some time, uh, maybe a little bit off the beaten path, not on the Washington mall, but experience, um, something that a lot of Washingtonians love to do on the weekend, which is spend time in rock Creek. Um, you know, this is a really great ride. There's, you can both ride on the street, um, for parts of it, and you can ride on a trail that runs alongside, uh, runs alongside of the literal rock Creek. Um, you know, so this is another great way of, um, you know, see, maybe see, a little bit more of the city and kind of getting out there uh, and really experiencing some of the natural sites of Washington, which isn't really something that you think about when you when you come here. It's not like a central park that's kind of in the middle of the of the you know surrounded by tall buildings. It is pretty natural in there, um, but it's a great place to go with a bike if you find yourself with some time and really wanting to get out and exercise. Yeah, that's one of the things that Eric mentioned about Rock Creek Park is that there are spots in the park where you can stand and it is completely quiet. There's no traffic. There's no uh, people. There's no uh, pets or anything like that. It's just total, like, deep woods in a way. There are also some serious hills in there, too. Um, most of the parts are flat, but if you find yourself um, going uphill, again, my advice is to turn around and go downhill because that's much more fun. Yeah, unless you're a big fitness enthusiast. Unless you love fitness, then do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a downhill cyclist myself. Absolutely. If I could only ride downhill, I would. So uh, the next couple of rides are along a trail that is called the Mount Vernon Trail. Um, and it is named that, I think, maybe you can confirm this, because at the end, you actually arrive at Mount Vernon. You do. So This uh, was the trail that George Washington rode to work every day. See, now we get the bike humor columnist coming out. I'm uh, telling the truth. So Mount Vernon is a very popular spot, um, but people often wonder, uh, how how do I get over there? Because it's actually 20 miles from the city. Yeah, so this is a substantial ride. Um, this is this is a good 20-mile um, ride, but there is a trail that basically if you um, cross the 14th Street Bridge um, from, from Washington, you end up on the Mount Vernon Trail. It will take you down past National Airport. It will take you through Old Town Alexandria, and if you keep going on the other side of Old Town Alexandria and follow the trail, you will eventually end up at Mount Vernon. Um, this is, uh, a, again, fully off street, so you don't have to worry about um, interacting with any uh, cars or drivers, but it's a substantial ride. It's an 18, 20 mile um, ride that with some hills, um, with, uh, you know, some... 
you know, some of the other challenges that, that come from, from riding that longer distance. It's also a mixed-use pathway, so you could find yourself sort of mixed in with runners, mixed in with people walking with their family. Um, so it's not exactly one of those places where you can really go out and hammer if that's the kind of bicyclist you are, but it is a great recreational ride, especially if you're interested in checking out Mount Vernon or putting, you know, putting on some real miles for the day. So to give people a sense of just how easy uh, this is, not easy as far as physically, but as far as to get from one place to another, if you start at the Lincoln Memorial, yeah. you cross the Arlington Memorial Bridge, yeah. which is the bridge that goes to Arlington Yeah, Cemetery, make a left. And then you're on the trail. You make a left. And then you take that the rest of the way. That's 20 it. miles and you're... Go straight. Mountain. Absolutely. Turn around when you see uh, Martha. And, I, and I, I ride, I don't know, maybe approximately 10 miles an hour, um, which is maybe, you know, pretty average. So 20 miles, that's two hours, which is not nothing, but it's not like you're going to be spending all day getting the, out there. The good news is that there are some, there are about Old Town Alexandria is not exactly halfway. Um, I do want to mention Old Town, though, as both a bicycling destination and as something that you could maybe pair with the ride um, to Mount Vernon, or perhaps you could set out for Mount Vernon and decide after a couple of miles, maybe you're more interested in stopping in Old Town. Old Town is sort of the historic um, cobblestone stoned uh, former port of the Washington DC area so it's a really great place um, you know it's its own it's its own city it's got restaurants it's got you know bars it's got attractions it's got the you know really pretty buildings and row houses and things like that that's a it, that makes it kind of a worthy bike destination um, on its own and the Mount Vernon Trail goes directly there so again you go over the memorial bridge you make a left when you're in old town you will know you will see you know old town uh, type attractions and, um, you know, it's, it's another good destination. Maybe if you're not looking to go the entire way, but you want to get out of the city for a little bit, um, bike, biking to Old Town is definitely a great way to do it. Yeah, and when I was a tour guide at Bike and Roll, I, I don't know if they still do this. I'm going to have to look it up, and then I'll put a, uh, some information in the show notes. But they used to have a package where you could pick up a bike, a rental bike, in Old Town. You could ride it to Mount Vernon, about 10 miles, and then you just lock it up there and take a ferry back to Old Town, and then you know one of their employees comes with a van at the end of the day and collects up all the bikes that were left there. So that could be something that if you're not quite feeling like, I don't know if I can do 20 miles round trip, maybe that's uh, an in-between that could be a good option for folks. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. I mean, I know that there's a temptation when you visit Washington. There's so many things to, to do and see, and, and really, you know, you know, especially if you're on kind of a limited um, time frame, there's a real temptation to say, I need to stay entirely within this city but um you know a place like old town alexandria that's just right outside and relatively close and easy to get to by bike um you know could be a way to add you know something a little bit different to your trip um you know and start seeing some some places that you wouldn't otherwise and another spot along the mount vernon trail that actually uh, nicole brought up in episode two of the podcast was gravelly point yes which is personally in my opinion one of the best hidden gems in the entire city if you love airplanes uh, or the fear of being crushed by airplanes. Um, Gravelly Point is the way to go because it, because it is a park area um, that is right by the National Airport runway. Um, so you can see uh, planes taking off and landing. It's a really cool place because there's very few places where I feel like you can get that close um, you know, to a runway. It's a nice natural area. Sometimes people are gathered there to play sports or for picnics. Um, but it really is if, if you are traveling with anyone who is the sort of the plane, the plane nerd who can identify a 737 and a, you know, Airbus, whatever, um, you can see I'm not a plane nerd. Um, Gravelly Point's a really cool place to go. I, I guess I might. 
might be that person or at least along that spectrum because I always stop at Gravelly Point. If I'm biking from the National Mall to Old Town, I always stop at Gravelly Point, even if it's just for, you know, five landings or so. Just for a few takeoffs and landings. It's really cool. And I wouldn't say you can just see them. I would say you can see them, hear them, feel them. You get the full-blown experience. Smell them. You know, there's a really – it's – you know, it's 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 a really cool um, a cool place to go. And again, um, you know, it's one of those places that maybe you wouldn't necessarily think of, but it's a it's you know it's kind of a cool Washington place to go. Definitely. And two other uh, rides that you can do both start from Georgetown. Uh, so these are also off street type rides, and they're both on trails. So can you tell us a little bit about those two rides? Yeah. So there are there are two trails um, that leave from Georgetown that connect to different. Um, you know, parts of the city sort of more heading to the north and west. So one is called the Capitol Crescent Trail. Um, the, it's, it's, it's shaped like a crescent and it connects up to Bethesda. It's a paved trail, uh, that sort of takes you through, um, upper northwest Washington from Georgetown. Uh, and you can leave, uh, you know, pretty much, um, you know, if you're, if you're on K Street, um, you can just kind of follow the trail the entire way and end up in Bethesda if you have any reason to spend some time up there. It's a wooded trail. Um, it's a really nice place to, to, um, you know, get off the beaten path, and then there is the CNO Trail. Um, the CNO Trail is a gravel, dirt trail that that you could, if you wanted, and were, were so inclined, you could leave Georgetown and you could bike for roughly three hundred something miles and end up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, the CNO Trail follows the old CNO Canal. Um, there was a canal built in you know Washington around before the Civil War that um, you know it, it's really a cool wooded um, natural area um, where you can go um, even right out to to some some closer parts even within the district um or or well beyond that or pittsburgh uh and uh get a kind of a great experience especially if you want that sort of off-road uh you know biking experience it's a cool place to visit and um worth a little bit of time uh, checking it out so i have ridden on it uh i would say i made a huge mistake by not using a mountain bike because my you know hybrid city bike didn't do so well on the um gravel trail and yeah, be, be ready for that yeah a lot of folks um ride from pittsburgh to dc so the opposite direction and there actually is or used to be a program where you could rent a bike in pittsburgh and drop it off at bike and roll in dc and i would often be uh preparing for my tour when the folks were rolling in and it was always funny because the bikes and their gear and their clothes were completely muddy they were filthy because that's the kind of uh experience you get on that you will get sort of a thin layer of dirt on everything you own um if you ride uh if you ride this trail when it's dry and a thin layer of mud uh if you ride it when uh it is wet but that said it's a great way to sort of see the potomac uh and see the cno especially if you get a little bit farther outside of the city it's, it's a really um you know exciting trail you can go up to great falls and you could go even even past that uh but again probably not for the dawdly afternoon type rider so i have lost track of how many bike rides we've just Thousands. described but it, we're kind of missing a critical component to all of this it which is you know someone's listening and they think wow these are awesome bike rides but i'm not bringing a bike to washington dc i'm flying in where where are they going to get a bike so what you have to do is you have to bring bolt cutters because people <laughs> <laughs> no you're not please don't steal anyone's bike um one of the best parts about dc and we're sort of in its eighth year right now is eighth year right now going into the ninth year is a, a program we have called capital bike share so capital so bike share is available in a number of different cities new york and boston and um 
San Francisco and a, a few other places. I think at this point it's available in almost Pretty every much city. Everywhere. There's just bike share in America constantly. You're tripping over bike share bikes everywhere you go. But if you're unfamiliar with sort of how the program works is that there are publicly available bikes um, that you can rent uh, on either a, a per trip basis or a per day basis or a three day basis um, that allow you to sort of take uh, you know point to point rides from station to station uh, and um, the great thing is that Washington itself has something like 400 stations there are stations in the surrounding jurisdictions in Silver Spring and Bethesda and Arlington and Alexandria sort of this entire regional program even out in Tyson's Corner though if you've taken a bike share from DC to Tyson's Corner you've probably gone a little bit farther than you intended um, so but but it's a really great program that sort of gives you access to a very sturdy very practical um, bicycle uh, and if your trip is under 30 minutes you pretty much just pay for the um, you know the cost of your maybe 24-hour um, membership so if you find yourself uh, or if you think you know what I'm gonna be down by the mall and then I'm gonna be up in Georgetown and then I'm gonna be over on 14th Street and then I'm gonna be you know maybe over in Alexandria um, there are bike share stations in all of those places pretty much every few blocks so it's a matter of um, signing up for the membership which you can either do online or at one of the kiosks uh, or and, nowadays on the app which or I highly on the, recommend. or on the capital bike share app um, you know and, and that gives you sort of access to sort of an unlimited uh, you know number of, of bikes and an unlimited number of rides so you don't have to worry about sort of having um, you know a bike with you so I think one important thing to clarify about capital bike share and I say this because I was reading the Yelp reviews for capital bike share earlier today and there's some brutal reviews on there I was shocked because capital bike share to me is amazing I've been a member for all eight years and it is actually my primary means of getting around DC but the most common complaint was uh, that people thought they were being scammed because they didn't understand that when you keep the bike out for more than 30 minutes, it costs extra. Yeah, so it's really important that you sort of figure out where you're going to start and where you're going to end. And if your destination is more than th- sort of 30 minutes away, that you find an intermediate station and that you sort of, you can put the bike in for like 10 seconds and then take the bike, you know, back out, that doesn't cost you anything Is there a extra. term for that? I thought I remember there was a term for that. Yeah, I don't know. We've called it daisy chaining. That's there's right. like a few other, um, you know, a few other ways of of, of um, talking about it. But I think that, um, you know, it's really important to remember that um, even though you're renting the bike for 24 hours, you, you know, you don't, you don't just, you don't, you can't just leave it anywhere you feel like. So if you decide you're going to go into the Air and Space Museum, you kind of just can't leave your bike out in front. You want to put it in a dock that effectively ends the trip, um, stops the clock on you, make sure that you doesn't, you don't. Uh, you aren't charged any more money and also make sure that somebody doesn't walk away with your because if if your bike gets stolen you are charged a thousand dollars yes like a real thousand yeah and this is not a hypothetical no you really don't want that to happen this has happened to someone i know make sure make sure that when you end your trip you put the bike away you see the little green light and you say cool it's over they'll let you take out another one it's okay yeah and i I guess this must be a big enough problem. I noticed in the past, I don't know, a couple of weeks, they actually started adding stickers to the bikes that say, make sure I'm docked yeah. before you walk away. You don't, you don't want to um, deal with that. But, but yeah, the good news is that, I mean, the stations are pretty much everywhere you're going to want to go. So you'll just find the nearest station to your destination. You'll put the bike away. And the other cool thing about the app, too, is the app can tell you how many bikes are available at any given station. So if you're traveling with, let's say, a family of four, you want to make sure that there are four bikes there, unless you want to ditch grandma, let's be real. Um, you know, so that way you can make sure that there's a sufficient number of bikes um, that you can sort of ride ride all off together. So I think it's worth 
noting that it's not all complete magic. Uh, Capital Bike Share does have some downsides. The biggest one is that uh, you have to be at least 16 years old to ride, and practically speaking, a child will not fit on one of these bikes, even if you wanted to break the rules. They're really heavy bikes. Um, So if you are going to break the rules, do it with a strong child. (laughs) And if you have ever shopped for a bike, you know that there are so many different sizes of frames, of uh, different uh, variables on the bikes, and these are supposed to be one-size-fits-all for anyone from five feet tall up to like seven feet tall or something like that so they're only as good as they can be in that yeah they they they, they're good for sort of the short utilitarian trips to get you from point a to point b but if you're thinking about taking a bike out for maybe the entire day or going a little bit farther afield in the city you probably want to look into a bike rental uh bike rental service yeah and another reason you might want to do that is because capital bike share does not come with helmets And helmets are not required by law in the District of Columbia. That's a pretty common question I get. Uh, But if there are any medical professionals listening, they would tell you that you would be a fool to not use one anyway. And if you choose Capital Bike Share, you need to bring your own. Correct. Which is what I do, um, which is easy because I live here. But if you're visiting, you're probably not uh, bringing your you know, helmets from, from back home. So you can get a regular rental bike. Uh, bike and Roll is the best known uh, place that does regular bike rentals. It's you know a fixed price per hour, and then you can keep it as many hours as you want at that price, or there's a daily rate that you can use as well. And Bike and Roll will give you a lock too, right? So you can lock your bike up to a standard rack. They'll give they you a lock. To. They'll give you a helmet. They'll give you the accessories. So if you uh, did not come prepared with your lock and your helmet, and all that stuff, they have you covered. They've got everything that you could possibly need there. Uh, So another thing that hit the scene in, when was this, 2018, I guess, maybe late 2017? Like September 2017. Were the dockless bikes. And when these things uh, debuted, it was like they were everywhere. You were stumbling over them trying to walk down the street. And now, in 2019, I feel like you don't really see them anywhere anymore. So what what happened? Are they gone? Well, they might might come back. I mean, there might be a little bit of a resurgence. So DC is sort of going through a um, period in which they're opening themselves up to innovation. Um, which is very cool, and one of the areas in which um, you know that they're trying to uh, be more innovative is to have these dockless bike share uh, companies on the street. So it's similar to Capital Bike Share in that they're publicly accessible bikes that anyone can rent uh, via an app for a fixed cost, um, except they don't need to be left in uh, in a station. You can kind of leave them wherever you want to leave them, and that's the reason why people hate them is that, yeah. the leaving so, them wherever you want. So I mean, if you are going to use a dockless bike, um, you know, it's important that you put it somewhere conscientiously um, and then also be mindful of the various restrictions around the National Mall. So um, while D.C. is permitted to sort of have these dockless bikes everywhere, um, the National Mall sort of of falls outside of D.C.'s jurisdiction. That's federal property, and basically the federal government says, I don't think so. So if you're expecting to kind of ride up to the Lincoln Memorial with your dockless bike and say, cool, I'll just leave it with Abe and I'll get it later, um, you know, that's going to, that's one, that's a little bit rude, uh, and two... um, um, you know, it's not really within the law and the, the park police and others might not be too happy. Yeah. When, when Lime Bike first debuted, I think it was the first Saturday. It was hilarious because I logged into the Lime Bike app to look to see where bikes were located. And there were about 80 of them all 
at the National Park Service Police Station yeah. on the National Mall because apparently the police had come and rounded them all up. Don't, they were get, your bike, there. don't get your bike arrested. You don't want to give a bike a permanent record. And I know, uh, at least with one of the companies, um, when you are in the restricted area, it sends a push notification to your phone and it says, hey, you're not where you're supposed to be. If you end your trip here, we're going to ding you 25 bucks. Yeah. So dockless bikes, really cool, um, really great to kind of get you from point A to point B. Um, but, you know, treat them, don't, you know, don't just throw them anywhere and sort of be mindful, you know, of some of those rules and restrictions if you do end, end up taking one out. So check the rules, know what you're doing, you yeah. know, and it's, it's really not that hard for me. Yes. And also don't confuse Capital Bike Share with a dockless bike. You want to put Capital Bike Share back in its, uh, in its place. Uh, you can't just leave it wherever you feel like. I kind of feel like that's what drove the decision to put those stickers on the Capital Bike Share. That's true. So let's talk about some practical tips for biking in the city yeah. because uh, a lot of the bike rides we talked about earlier were uh, off-road, they were on trails, they were on the National Mall, but maybe you're feeling like, you know, I want to get around the city, go to some of the neighborhoods on a bike, um, and you're going to be using the bike lanes, you're going to be using the street. And I think the number one tip I have is if you're downtown and you're not on the National Mall, don't ride your bike on the sidewalk. Yeah. So so it's, it is actually illegal to ride your bike on the sidewalk in the downtown DC area. Um, that's roughly sort of the area where there are tallish office buildings, I guess, is, is how you could, um, you know, def- define that. Um, once that's you, uh, how once, I would define once it. Once yeah. you stop seeing office buildings, you're probably outside of downtown. Uh, at that point, it is legal to ride your bike on the sidewalk, uh, but maybe not, maybe not advisable. Um, so, uh, you know, as a, as a general rule of thumb, if you are going to be riding um, in this city, um, you're going to want to look for streets with bike lanes. Um, luckily, there are a number of streets um, that do have bike lanes, both of the protected and, and non-protected variety. There are a lot of people who bike in Washington, so I would say that generally um, drivers are fairly familiar with the idea of bicyclists. They won't be shocked that someone is, is riding a bicycle. That said, if you're in with mixed traffic, um, you're going to need to be mindful of that uh, and and be you know cautious about that. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, while Washington is a really bicycle, um, you know, bicycling, bicycling capital, you know, good destination for bicycling with a lot of bicyclists, you are still going to be riding in the city. So if it's been a while since you've done that, or if you've never done that, um, you know, be, be, uh, pretty diligent about how you approach it. And one tip, uh, if you want to check out where the bike lanes are before you start your trip, there's actually a layer on Google Maps yes. that is very handy for knowing where the bike lanes are. Google so you can Maps kind of plan gives, out your you, trip. gives you directions that you can actually use to, to follow the particular bike lanes as well. Yeah, I guess I forgot about that because I, I know where they are mostly now, so I don't use that too much anymore. But that is a good one if you are trying to plan out your trip. Uh, and as you mentioned, pay attention to traffic. I think one thing that is tough, especially when you're visiting, is there's so many things happening around you, sights and sounds and you can see the Capitol Dome off in the distance, and it's just so fun that you might lose sight of the fact that there are people who are just going to work and really in a hurry and not really. Yeah, when you're biking, your top priority just kind of needs to be making sure that you're biking and, and, you know, uh, that's really where your attention needs to be. And the other thing, uh, probably no action selfies. Yeah, unless you can do one that's really awesome. I saw someone fall if off of a Capital Bike Share bike. 500 Instagram likes, then do <laughs> the action selfie. But otherwise, it's probably not worth it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I saw someone wipe out on a Capital Bike Share bike near the Washington Monument uh, last spring. And, you know, they weren't hurt, but um, not the most pleasant yeah thing. you can fake an action selfie on a bike pretty easily if you kind of just do the one hand holding a handlebar people can't really uh can't really tell if you're riding or not and uh the last tip i think that's really important is and this might seem obvious uh 
to people who bike in cities is don't leave your bike unattended. Yeah, that's a great way to lose a bike. Um, and that includes your own bike. It includes a rental bike. It includes a capital bike share bike. Uh, if it's a capital bike share, put it in a dock. If it's uh, your own bike or a rental, lock it up with not one of those uh, you know, $5 Walmart cables uh, that you can cut with a pair of kids' safety scissors. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, there isn't, there isn't I'd say, a ton of bike theft in, in Washington, but, you know, care, carelessly leaving your bike available might, you know, help it find its way to some bored teenagers, um, you know, who, who could sort of make your vacation less fun um, than you were hoping for. Yeah, I'm not going to knock on wood because then I'll make a bunch of noise in the mic, but uh, I have been following, you know, pretty standard U-lock procedure for uh, many years and haven't had uh, any issue, but... I also don't uh, ride my own bike much anymore. Like I mentioned, I use mostly Capital Bike Share nowadays. So I want to I end the conversation with uh, a pretty loaded question, sure. but it's one that people ask me all the time, and I always struggle with the answer to this one. And it's, the, the question is simple. Is Washington, D.C. a bike-friendly city? The answer is also simple. Sometimes in certain places. Okay. So, I mean, I think that the I, I think that that um there bicycling in Washington has made a con, you know considerable strides over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. We have so many more bike lanes than we used to have. There's so many great places where you can ride a bike in relative comfort um and ease and um really enhance your sort of, you know, personal mobility uh throughout the city by using a bike. And that's true for people of different ages, different fitness levels, different sort of comfort levels on a on a bike and um uh but it's not true everywhere and it's not true for everyone um so if you find yourself sort of on you know one of the major high-speed arterial streets that gets its you know way into washington you might not think oh this is very bike friendly you might think what am i doing i i don't want to be here um so your own personal level you know your own personal comfort level will make kind of a big difference and sort of your own um you know, acknowledgement that there are certain streets that are going to be better for biking or, or less good for biking, you know, will be really important. I think another part of that is your own perspective and experience. Correct. So when I used to lead the bike tours, we used to get a lot of uh, visitors from the Netherlands and they would say, this is terrible. Your city's not bike friendly at all because to them, well, frankly, it's not. Uh, and if you've been over there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But then a lot of people from the U.S. from smaller towns, uh, you know, maybe the only time they ever rode a bike was on the cul-de-sac to get to their friend's house. It's true. One of the, I mean, the, the nice thing about, about Washington, though, is that a lot of the terrain and a lot of the, um, you know, destinations where you're going to want to go does lend itself um, really well to um, biking. So in that regard, it's not like you're in a place like San Francisco or Seattle where to like do anything you're going to need to bike, you know, uphill to, to get anywhere or to go to any destination. Things are relatively close. Downtown is relatively compact. Um, so, uh, you know, you're not looking at having to get on a bike for 45 minutes and ride it uphill um, both ways. So in that regard, it, it is bike friendly, um, you know, but in other regards, we, we do, we've made a lot of strides, but we still have some ways to go. Yeah. Well, I totally agree. And Brian, I really want to thank you for coming on this episode of the podcast. We talked a little bit earlier about where people can find you in the city paper, on Twitter. Where else can they uh, find you if they if want to come get to a hold my of house, you? But it would really be awkward. So I'd prefer that they don't do that. But All yeah, right. but at, at Cheros DC on Twitter is probably the best, the best way to find me uh, and uh, on uh, any other rival podcasts that are willing to pay me to come. All on. right. I guess I'll have to keep up and see who's uh, got you booked next. Well, thanks again. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for listening to the Trip Hacks DC podcast. 
To see the show notes from today's episode, get additional resources for planning your trip, or to book a TripHacks DC guided tour, visit TripHacksDC.com.